Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 177. Don't forget to recognize the team members. For those of you who've been with us for a podcast or two or almost 200 now, you will notice that God sometimes has me look at passages that probably most everyone else would just skip over. And I'm not going to say that I haven't just kind of added this particular section to another topic in a Bible study before. But as I was reading in 2 Samuel 8, 13 through 18, this time, something hit me. And it had to do with team. A few years ago, I was listening to a story about a famous quarterback. If you don't know anything about football, I'm going to try to kind of break this down for you. So the quarterback is offensive player, um, the person who, you, if you don't know anything about football, is the one that usually throws a ball that gets the ball out of center and hands it off. In other words, the focus of so much of the game is on the quarterback. And many, many times when you hear people talk about who won the game, instead of saying the team won the game, you will hear that Drew Brees won the game or, or who, whichever quarterback, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, you know, many, many historic quarterbacks over the years. But they know that they did not win the game. Like, I don't care if they get listed for, you know, 200 wins in their career or whatever it may be. If they're in their best headspace, they realize that I would not be here without my teammates. No matter how skilled I am, football is a team game. And some of the specific players that make the most difference for the quarterback are the offensive linemen. So those are those big dudes who are between the quarterback and the defense. And if those offensive linemen don't do a great job, the quarterback is not going to accomplish anything because they're not going to have time to hand it off. They're not going to have time to throw. So many quarterbacks over the years in the NFL have specifically given pretty lavish gifts, especially to the offensive linemen who protect them recognizing that I would not be here, I would not be making this mega amount of money if it were not for your efforts, if it wasn't for what you are doing. You are hugely important to the success of this team and to my individual success. As we've been reading through 2 Samuel now for quite some time, so many times the focus has been on King David. Whether you've been with us or you've just read through scripture before, as you go through 2 Samuel and David is named king of Israel, so many times the victories, are very specifically it will say in, in like verse 14, it says, in fact, the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. And so much of the focus is on King David, and understandably so. But 
What really struck me this time in reading through 2 Samuel 8 was the shout out to just some of David's leadership. And I wanted to take this particular podcast to remind all of us We are all a part of teams. It may be a family team. It may be you and your husband working to raise children. It may be you and your mom. It may be, there's so many different family structures. It may be young people who are helping in the house and are contributing in in so many different ways. I remember years ago, my Sunday school class took on a Christmas project, and one of the young men, he was very young, but we bought him one of those drums that are rectangular that you sit on and you play, and he was going to go to the French Quarter down here in New Orleans, and he played that in order to make money to help in the support of the family. It may be your team at work where either you are in a leadership position or you are a part of a team and there are other team members that as we go through today's lesson, you're reminded, you know, I need to pat them on the back. I need to recognize them. I need to recognize them in my own mind and and realize all that they contribute. It may be at church. We're going to read just through some scriptures in that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. And we're going to read through those scriptures just as a reminder of how the church being not a, not the local church that you think of inside of a building necessarily, but the church as a whole and then our individual church bodies are made up of people who have different skills. And if everyone had the same skill, so on a football team, if everyone was the quarterback, there would be no one to catch the ball. There would be no one to run the ball, nobody to block, nobody to... You could be great quarterbacks, but if you do not have your assignments, you don't have that skill set, it's not going to be as successful as if people have their own roles and they work in those roles and focus on that. So as we go through today, we're talking about don't forget to recognize the team members and our weekly assignment feature. I'm telling you ahead of time because I want you to be thinking about name five people on your team and that team can be anywhere, anyhow, who need to be recognized and set about doing just that. Set about like come up with who those five people are and Set about recognizing them. Figure out a way to, it may be a thank you note, it may be a thank you email, it may be a pat on the back. And it just dawned on me, we may have some young people, I know early on, or earlier on this year, we had some young teenagers who were listening to the podcast. You may have a physical team, like a sports team. And to take some time and just thank everybody for the roles that they play, just just encouraging them 
you know, for those who sit on the bench and don't get to play all the time, that does not mean that they do not have an important role on the team. I'm, I could go on that for days, but I'm not going to. So let's jump in. Second Samuel 8, 13 through 18. So David became even more famous when he returned from destroying 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. So if you read that verse and you take it literally, you think that David went Walker, Texas Ranger on him. And he destroyed 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. No, he didn't. David was the leader. He was the king, but he had leaders under him and he had troops that did the fighting. He placed army garrisons throughout Edom and all the Edomites became David's subjects. In fact, the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. Verse 15. So David reigned over all Israel and did what was just and right for all his people. Here's where the team gets highlighted, at least some of the members. Joab, son of Zeruiah, was commander of the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Where in the world have you ever seen the historian get a shout out? Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were the priests. Zeruiah was the court secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was the captain of the king's bodyguard, and David's sons served as priestly leaders. Now, we're not going to go into each of them in detail. Joab is going to be very important many, many times over, uh, over the time as we look at David and his reign. Joab was David's nephew. Joab did not always make godly decisions. Absolutely not. And when you're on a team, not everybody does a great job every day. Like, it, it happens. The number of teammates that I have worked with in hospice since I began in 2003, it would be scary for me to even try to count up. I know I can't count them all up because there were some people that they were around so, such a small amount of time that I wouldn't remember them anyway. But even those who have been around me for a length of time, it's, it's sometimes really hard to imagine. And some of them didn't do too well. And they moved on to other places. And some have done a rock star job. Thinking about those teams that you've been a part of, teams that have functioned well, teams that could have used some help. Joab was a strong leader. I'll give him that. But he didn't always make the best of decisions. However, he did seem to have what he thought was David's best interest at heart. And then we've got the royal historian. We've got at least a couple of the priests. We've got the court secretary. We have Beniah. Okay, so we will probably spend one entire podcast on Beniah. But if you want to know more about Benaiah, so he is recognized in scripture a few times. He not only was a part of David's team, like a big time part of David's team, but he also was a part of Solomon's team. But check out Mark Batterson's books. Uh, Mark Batterson, pastor of, was it Community Church? I, I always forget the name. Uh, National Community Church in the D.C. area. He's written a lot of books, but he's written one specifically about Benaiah, and, and that is 
about all of a sudden I went blank about chasing a line into the pit on a snowy day. I, I went blank. I can't believe it. The second book is Chase the Lion. That's the follow-up book to it. But he talks about the courage of Beniah. And we will probably spend one week on him. But this week, we're not highlighting anybody specifically. We're talking about the importance of teams. And David would not have defeated 18,000 Edomites if he didn't have, number one, he didn't have the Lord's blessing. First and foremost, that was the most important person on the team, was that David was submitted to the true leader of the team. But David also had people in leadership roles fulfilling their jobs. Some people are not team players. That's not good. Some of us may not like to play in teams that much. We like solitary sports. We like to do it on our own. But you can't go through life without being a part of a team. Or you definitely cannot go through your spiritual life and honor God by not being a part of a team. It's just not possible. Proverbs 27, 17, one of those famous quoted verses is, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Like we are in relationship, we're in teams to sharpen each other, to highlight people's strengths, but also to help them with their weaknesses. Proverbs 12, 15, fools think that their own... Uh, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Plans go, so Proverbs 15, 22, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. We need to take advantage of having the opinions of others. And we see that in government. Does it always work well? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But we all bring different things to the table and we different bring different levels of passion. We bring different levels of enthusiasm, but we need to work together. And as we work together, we need to encourage others. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 31 is Paul giving this description. He's been talking about spiritual gifts, but he's talking about the body of Christ. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we, are, we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less of a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest 
and least important are actually the most necessary, and the parts we regard as less honorable as those we clothe with the greatest care are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each one is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers. Then there are those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the same power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Read all of that to remind us the importance of individual members of a team and how that team is to function. That using the analogy of the body and talking about, you know, if you're a hand and you say, I don't need an ear or, or what, like that sounds absolutely ridiculous. We got that. But it is so ridiculous and it's spoken in that way to get your attention to realize that in the body of Christ, to not give credit where credit is due and not to encourage all of the gifts. So I'm going to just use one of the gifts that is so incredibly important that people who have it so often do not get that recognition. And I don't mean in an ungodly way where they want to be put up on a platform, but people who have the gift of service. There are people in my own church family who do so many things behind the scenes that a good portion of the people who attend on a Sunday morning have no idea all that happens. They see the pastor, they see the worship pastor, they see the worship team, they may see Sunday school teachers, but a lot of the work of the kingdom is not done in and through those people. Just like David was credited with all those victories and with all the progress that was made by the Israelites during his initial reign, it wasn't just David. David was God's point person, and he was responsible to God for his actions, for his leadership. But part of that leadership was to choose wisely the people on his team to equip them 
and to encourage them. Leadership. We're not talking about that specifically today, but I just, the older I get, the more I think about the importance of leaders encouraging other leaders in their group and leaders encouraging all those over which they have leadership and leading by example, leading as a servant leader. I don't know where your team is. It may be in your house. It may be in your church family. It may be in your work family. It may be that you go to school and you have teammates. You may be in teams, specific teams for projects. I don't know. If you're not in a team anywhere, then that's something wrong right there. There's That's just not good. That's not good and that's not healthy because you need people around you to encourage you, to help you see other perspectives. I was privileged at the end of last week to sit with a team of people and I I did a lot of listening and I, of observing and I was just struck by some of the different perspectives that came out and I was so pleased with it because it was so different than how I had thought about things and it was so helpful that's part of what being a team is. You come at things from different angles. You have different experiences, different expertise. So if you think about the people that were listed in David's set of advisors or people, you've got Joab and Benaiah. Those are two that are from the, the military bodyguard kind of thing direction. And then we've got listed in there the court secretary. We've got the priest. We've got the royal historian. Like we've got a very diverse group of people. And God in his sovereignty, as he inspired his word to be written, there's not one bit of his word that's not important. So why would he have this part written? Well, we can't say absolutely positively for sure, but I think he wanted to remind us of the team nature of this God project life that we're on. Like, this was not just about David. Thankfully, David was a good leader at this time. But David had to have other leaders working alongside him. And I want you to think about it. Who's on your team? Name five people right now. Who is God bringing to your mind that's on your team? And how can you recognize them? That does not mean a big trophy. That doesn't mean a gift card necessarily. It might mean that. Last year, I just so much was happening in my work environment at one point. And one of the key people who 
has been on my team and has been in my corner and everybody else's corner for so long was not in their place for physical reasons. And in the midst of that, I had to reach in a direction that I never had before to somebody that I really didn't know that well. I remember saying to him one day, I'm going to trust you. I don't know you that well, but I have got to trust you. And they came through and they showed themselves trustworthy. And I just felt very impressed that when that season ended, that I specifically recognized them. And I did. I bought them a gift card, just a simple, not expensive gift card. But I just wanted them to know that what they did mattered and how they stood in the gap. And they were holding, they were standing in so many gaps at that time. But it really did matter. Ask God, how do you want me to recognize these five people? And if it's more than five, hallelujah. But how do you want me to pat them on the back? How do you want me to say thank you? You and I will all be surprised. I have no doubt at how God will use this. We may not find out this side of heaven we may think that the person wasn't that affected by the thank you. And we may find out one of these days that they were an inch from quitting or they were so down on themselves because they felt like they weren't doing anything right. So I pray this moment, dear father, I pray for each of our teammates in whatever way that that might be, whether it's in your church family, whether it's work family, whether it's home family, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, whatever it might be. I pray, dear God, for our teammates. I pray that you would help us to be good and godly leaders and good and godly teammates, that we would carry our own weight, that we would do what you have gifted us to do but that we would also look for opportunities to encourage others, to encourage those around us, to pat them on the back and to celebrate them and to never, ever, ever take them for granted. Dear Father, I thank you for the responsibility you gave to David. I thank you for the responsibility you gave to Joab, Jehoshaphat, Zedek, Ahimelech, Sariah, Beniah, and me. Dear Father, I thank you for the opportunities that you have given us to serve you. I thank you for the opportunities you've given us to lead in service. And I pray that you will take our efforts to recognize others, to say thank you, to encourage them. I pray that you would take that and multiply that and that your kingdom will grow as a result. I thank you for each person who has ever downloaded this podcast. Before I clicked the button, I looked at the number of total downloads and I just sat in awe. Dear Lord, you are incredible. And the fact that you have given me this platform, I do not take it lightly. And I pray this moment for every person who has ever 
turned on this podcast, I pray, dear Father, that your Holy Spirit would intercede for them this very moment with groanings only he can utter about needs only he can know. Dear God, may you accomplish your purpose and plan in and through them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I didn't know I was going to have so much enthusiasm for this topic of team. It causes me to want to do like when I played basketball back in the day where you put your hands in the middle and you, you know, like yell something or go team or whatever it may be. That's exactly what I want to do in this moment. But who are your five people? Who are those five people who are just making a tremendous difference And how can you let them know? How can you pat them on the back? How can you encourage them to continue to lead forward or to serve forward? And next week, we will kick into 2 Samuel 9. Oh my goodness, I hadn't clicked the button. We talk about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth and David. If you don't know that story, and really there's more than one story with them, but this is the first story and David's kindness. Join me again next week. And uh, let's be reminded of looking for opportunities to do good. So, Podcast is free to share with others. Please take advantage of the opportunity and share this. It's free for you to share, free for you to listen to. Uh, If you want to listen to all the episodes, including the hidden ones, go all the way down in the show notes. And in the section called the hidden episodes, you will see the link on Podbean, which is where my podcast is housed. I'm sure there's other things I need to say. Oh, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus Facebook group as well as Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus Instagram. Still not riled that up that much. I've got a very important couple of weeks in front of me. And when those are memories, then I will head into figuring out this next season of time for Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus, including the YouTube channel. Yeah, I said it. That's for anybody who's still on here. So that will be unveiling probably about podcast 200. So thank you for tuning in and may God show you your five people and show you a special way to remind them that they matter and what they do matters. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.